Welcome and thank you for joining us. Here at Calvary Chapel Eldoret, we believe in impacting and changing people's lives through the Bible, which is the only inspired and infallible Word of God. For more information, be sure to check out our website at ccelderet.org. That is ccelderet.org. And here is today's word. Good evening. What a privilege to see you guys on such a day when it's really, really pouring out out there. And this has reminded me, you know, a long time ago, before some of you were in Eldoret. <laughs> it used to rain like morning to evening and a lot of rain, a lot of rain. But we, we enjoyed the rain. We, we never complained of the rain. In fact, where I went to school, some of you might not be familiar, but it was a school called Inder Primary School. It is Deya. <laughs> oh man. Class one, two, three, I was going there. And we would, by five, we would be on the road. You know what happened with the little children when it's cold and, you know, the things that, <laughs> the evidence that the weather is not user-friendly? But we didn't die. <laughs> people think when they people fear rains in this country. Like you're going to die the next minute. When it rains, especially Sunday morning, you can be sure what is going to happen. <laughs> but nonetheless, we are here. Thank you guys for obeying God to be here. Today we begin another book. Uh, and this is the book of Samuel. Exciting. I am excited. Because I like, you know, the characters of this book. I love how God makes these transitions. And um, the fact that it is Samuel who wrote it. But then we have a problem with the authorship. Uh, some people say it was written by Samuel. Some people, like his secretary, wrote it. If, if Samuel did write the book, then it poses a problem after chapter 24. Because he dies. <laughs> chapter 25, Samuel dies. So if, in case he wrote the rest of the chapter and 2 Samuel, then he was a ghost writer. <laughs> but nevertheless, the good news is, it is God's breath. We have it, and we thank God for the privilege of having this 
a wonderful, wonderful book. So the book of First uh, Samuel describes the transition of leadership in Israel from judges to kings. There are three characters out very prominent in the book. That is Samuel, the last judge, and the first prophet. The last and the first. Saul, the first king of Israel, as desired by the people. And David, the king elect, anointed of God. to succeed uh, Saul. So the books of uh, 1 and 2 Samuel were originally one book in the uh, Hebrew Bible known as the book of Samuel, just Samuel, not 1 or 2. But it's been... Uh, divided for us for just breaking it down so that we get some breaks and some flow of thought, but nonetheless it was just one book. And also, you know, other things that are probably, you know, it was, for some other writers, it was just the book of Kings from Samuel, first and second, and the kings. So it was the four books that talks about the kings. But nevertheless, that will not change the fact that God has given this book for us to go through it. And so the transition, we, as we've been, the, the beauty of going through the Bible, of verse by verse, book by book, is that we borrow from the previous as we get the flow of thought, the flow of the story. And we know that in the time of the judges, people did what pleased them. There was no really structure. These judges, as we've talked about, they were not the... Judges, as we see today, with uh, robes and things on their necks and things on their heads and slamming on the table with those small rungus, whatever, I don't know the name. They were not those kind of judges, but they were technically deliverers of the children of Israel as they were led by the Spirit of God. So this creates this transition that this man was the last uh, judge. He judged Israel. And then in his time period, people now wanted to have a king. They wanted to be like any other nation. They wanted to, you know, be governed so that they feel nice that, hey, we, we have a king. They were warned, you're told, if you guys have a king, you guys will pay a lot of taxes. You guys will be slaves. You guys, 
you know, the king will need servants and all these things will happen and you will not like it, but nevertheless, because you want it at this time, then the Lord permitted that to happen. So let's begin um, reading and see where we'll get at today. Now there was a man, there was a certain man, of Ramathaim, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim. And his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. And he had two wives. So already there, this poses a problem with many people because already they say, you know, the Bible permits people to have multiple wives. There are many things that we'll read from the Bible that they did happen. The, the good thing is God did not hide what happened so that we didn't know the mistakes of these people because they were warned before. You know, you, we were trying to crack our brain in our, you know, our men's meeting, thinking about Solomon with a, a thousand women. Okay? You, for the ladies in here, you guys might not understand. One is a problem for us. One. <laughs> Handling one woman is a problem. How do you Manage two. <laughs> Live alone two. A thousand. <laughs> and how do you live with them peaceably? Without others complaining, oh, you've been in the house like forever, you know that. <laughs> you, you, you've not been here. For, was it 40 years? that he lived with these women. So if you try to calculate the number of days he would spend with, in one family, it was totaling to how many days? <laughs> Do the math and see how lonely actually these women were. But nevertheless, we have a man here, Elkanah, who has two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Already there are a few problems. Already we have a man who is having two women. There's already a problem, as we will see. And one woman does not bear children, one does. And this turned to be a problem, turned to be a mockery, because with the children of Israel, with the Jewish people, you would read even from the benediction they knew that 
God said, go and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. So having children was a sign that you have been blessed by God. Not having children is a sign that you are cursed. The Lord's hand is not upon you. There's a problem. So anyone who did not give birth, they were terribly mocked. Terribly mocked. So this man is already struggling, has two wives, and one of them, and actually the one he loved the most, didn't have children. Penina had children, but Hannah, no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. This was a diligent man, as we see also, that the fact that we had people doing things, you know, that they wanted, people lived their own lives. There was a bunch of people also who were holding on to the tradition of going up and sacrificing, offering sacrifices to God. So this would tell you that in the middle of a crooked nation, in the middle of a people who do not want to worship God, will always have remnants who will go and worship God. We'll have people who will still have the fear of God and, you know, go out and um, worship the Lord. So they went to this place called Shiloh a place of peace. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give double portions. For he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed the womb. Time ya mazawadi, giving gifts. Yeah, he will give to the children of this wife called Penina. And to Hannah, it was still special for him that the fact that she didn't have children, she was still loved. The fact that her womb was closed, the husband still loved her. God still loved her too. But then this is a problem that when people look at you in the uh, physical realm, they don't see a blessing. They, they, they think that your husband actually should kick you out. These things we see in our communities. 
that if you don't have children, especially with the typical indigenous people, if you don't have a child, that forces this man to either start misbehaving, <laughs> start having um, multiple affairs because you didn't have a child. The people of your community will laugh at you because you don't have a child. And also the woman will be distressed. Why? Because those who have children are mocking her. It's trouble every corner. But still this man loved Hannah. Although the Lord has, had closed the womb. It doesn't say that the Lord had cast this woman. Her womb was closed, but it was temporarily because she will be blessed with a child also. And her rival, I don't know why now it, it calls her rival, not a co-wife. <laughs> that is to tell you that this was a problem. You cannot have two women under one roof. You'll pretend to be the most successful thing. Nowadays, some will stick around not because they really are in love with this man, but what they can get from that man. If it's building, if he has a lot of money, like I saw some other guy down there, two mansions. One for this wife and one for this wife. This one has a vehicle, this one has a vehicle. This one has this, this one has. So it's like, whatever. I have what many other women don't have. Who is scared of sharing this man? <laughs> they don't care. And her rival also provoked. It was not just rivalry for other things. She provoked this woman. <laughs> Provoke. Daily. It was like a daily thing. Provoking her. Provoking her. Provoked her severely to make her what? Miserable. Because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her there. She provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. <laughs> now, listen to what, the, what is happening here. It's very funny. That year after year, they, they would go to the house of the Lord. But even as they're going to the house of the Lord, she would do what? She would provoke her. <laughs> People will provoke you even to these doors. And they don't, even inside the sanctuary, you're seated listening to God's word. They'll provoke you. Agents of Satan to buffet you. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have come across this kind of people. That it's like, that is their permanent job. If they don't do it, they find no rest. They have to say something. 
They have to open their mouth and say something. At least one that will hurt you. <laughs> it's not, they're not a source of encouragement. They're not a source of strength to anyone. What they do is just bringing misery to you. And this woman did not get this. She did not run away from her house, matrimonial house. She wept before the Lord. She did not run away and say, I am done with this woman. If you want me to be your wife still, I have to relocate. I have to go to Jerusalem. This one go to If she goes to the mountains, I go to the valleys. Go to the plains, I will go over the sea or over the bank. <laughs> Whatever place, we cannot dwell in the same place. No dwelling in the same place. She provoked her. Therefore, she wept. And even the desire for food went away. I mean, how, how do you eat in that situation? How do you find pleasure with food in this situation? Like, yeah, well, she said this, but whatever, I'm going to eat anyways. But she was just different. There are people who are stress eaters. When they're stressed, they will eat a lot. Some of them will get a little bit, a little bit bigger. Some of them, the stress will eat up that food so that there's no difference. <laughs> she did not find pleasure even eating. She did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? You know, this is a typical question asked by a man. Okay. Why do you weep? I'm, I'm trying to imagine what Anna is supposed to, how is she supposed to respond? Why do you weep? Why do you not eat? <laughs> and why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Let me tell you one thing for the ladies. Well, all of your people here are not married. What is happening? <laughs> Slice the phone. We go to the sides. <laughs> Why do you weep? I just want to remind every woman 
that when men are asking this question, it's not like they're ignorant of the current situation. They are aware. They know it. They know what is happening. And actually, they know many details that you think they probably are not aware of. That pain that you think they're unaware of, they know it. But sometimes they, they don't just make it their business. <laughs> they just don't talk about it. They don't just shout about it. But they know when they're asking, hey, what's up? Why are you downcast, my other soul? <laughs> Why are you? Don't raise your hand and slap him. Okay. It won't help anyone. She said again, why do you not eat? Because I think I've provided food. I think we lack nothing. And this is the catch for other men. They think that when they have provided food, then their women cannot go through any other pain in life. That because you have a shelter, you have food, you have all these other things, then you're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to express your pain. I mean, why? 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 You have everything. There's food. In fact, when it comes to giving gifts, I give one, 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 and then I give you double, 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 for you every time. And why is your heart grieved? So, why are you weeping? Why are you not eating? Why is your heart grieved? <laughs> and to give you a hint that he knows what is happening, he says, am I not better to you than ten sons? <laughs> hey, I'm here. Whether we have children or we don't, am I not better for you? Because now the husband is thinking, if the womb is closed, what are we, we, we are not able to solve this problem. And some people would run into marriage thinking that marriage would solve their problem. It will not solve. As a matter of fact, it can add to your problems. That is a very nice encouragement for the single people. <laughs> it can add. In fact, it will multiply. <laughs> Have you not heard Paul talking about it? By the inspiration of the Holy Spirit saying, there will be many troubles in here. 
there will be troubles. So when you're planning for it, don't plan and think it's silver platter every time. Every time you do Java, every time you echo yourself, any time. <laughs> the gift go double. Uh-uh, my friend. These seasons of weeping, not eating, and being grieved, they come. So just a heads up for you to be aware. This thing, they happen. <laughs> Choose your lane. <laughs> Choose how you're going to suffer. <laughs> anyway, you're not going to suffer. Marriage is a good thing. It's a good thing. It is God who made it. Am I not better to you than ten sons? Sometimes will appear that we, we might know how to solve problems. But sometimes, trust me, we don't. The men, we are the leaders of our homes and our houses. Many times, we don't know how to solve some of these problems. And that is a fact that should settle with every one of us. Don't, yes, your husband is your hero. He's whatever you call him to be. <laughs> but just remember that there are some voids in your life that he cannot fill up. There are some satisfactions that only God can fill up, not a man. If you run to a house and think, now I'm, I'm good. She's going to satisfy me 100%. He's going to fill me up 100%. It's a lie. It's a lie. He only, remember that he's a man. Remember that she's a woman. We can only do so much. Am I not better to you than ten cents? So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you would indeed look unto the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And no razor shall come upon his head. This was a serious prayer, my friends. This was a serious one. And this was actually not the first time she was praying. She had prayed before many times. She had wept before. 
But now she's making a vow before the Lord. Remember what the preacher man says. Do not be hasty making a vow when you enter into the house of the Lord. Do not be hasty. Be sure that the things you say, you will remember them and do exactly what you said. But I don't think at this point she was hasty. She had already taken time and prayed. And she's making a vow. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. I think Eli also was moved by this kind of prayer and she moved, he moved close to see what is happening with this woman. And what he saw was just the mouth bubbling, no words coming out because she has nothing else to say. She's pouring her heart out to the Lord. What you do? You've been grieved. Someone who is, is supposed to be your encouragement is just poking that wound every day. Poking, poking. If she was probably a good co-wife, she would have said, hey, Hannah, it's a fact that, you know, the Lord has not opened your womb. But I have children. Help me raise these children up. You know, be, be a mother to my children. She probably didn't even want her children near this woman. Like, hey, my daughters, don't go close to that woman. Why, ma'am? If you hang around her, probably you'll be barren too. You know, you'll end up like her. Don't mingle with those Christian people. You'll end up like them because their lives are miserable. <laughs> that is what they think. They think our lives are miserable. They don't know. Because our lives are party after party after party. We party. We are partying right now with God's word. Hallelujah. <laughs> but they don't see. What they see, they think we are miserable. They think we are in, you know, we are gathering. We have assembled for a pity party. No. <laughs> we are enjoying life in Christ. So Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lip moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought that she was drunk. Now look at the man of God. <laughs> the man of God is seeing this woman torn and she's praying no words. And what he would think about is, She's drunk. When you speak a language that people don't understand, you'll be a mistaken identity to them. You remember what happened in Acts? When the Holy Spirit filled them, they spoke as the Lord gave them utterance, and then the people down there said, ha, 
they're drunk. They have gone, got something, now we know what is happening. And they were laughing about it, by the way. Imagine, it is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God is moving, but some other people are laughing and saying they are drunk. Christ is healing a, a guy who was chained. And all they see is his Beelzebub. <laughs> He's the only one who can talk to the, his fellow demons to set this person free. People don't see God in these situations. And this woman, she's busy praying to God and Eli, the priest, thought that she was drunk. I mean, uh, in my own sane way, I would go beside and say, hey God, I don't get what is happening with this woman. Whatever it is, Saidia Yeye. Do you know that is why sometimes we would send people away, people who have come to seek God, and we think that they're just drunk. Yes, they might come into the house of God drunk, but our, you know, the, the default setup of our brains is we don't have time for that person. Probably just send them away. Or don't have time with them. It's a blessing this church. We have Pastor Joseph. He will attend to people. Regardless of who they are, he will attend to them. That is a gift that many of us don't have. Trust me. It's a godly gift. One of the godliest gifts you can have. But many of us, we, we prefer splicing wood and doing other things and leaving these things to other people. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to see that we have people whom God has called to do and to talk to everyone, regardless. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? I mean, you... Would you be kind enough to just ask him what's up first? And hey, I know you've been praying and all that stuff, so is everything okay? And he's going direct to asking if she's drunk. Probably it was common. Probably this ally, many people have come into the temple and they have done something like, <laughs> like, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. I mean, did she walk into the temple with some wine? I don't think so. Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drinks, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. 
This is not wine speaking. This is my heart being poured out to God. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace. And the Lord God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked him. This is very important. She's a grieved woman. She's been pouring her heart to the Lord. And at this point, now the, the, the man of God is understanding that, hey, this is not drunkenness. She is seeking the Lord. And if this person is seeking the Lord, God, whatever is up, sought this woman. Whatever is up, sought this man. This, this thing has driven deep. It's gone deep. But one thing I know from after she, after the man, Eli, said these words, they go in peace and the Lord God of Israel grant a petition which you have asked him. Then she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate. And her face was no longer sad. There's, there's something that people receive when they go and seek the Lord and hear a voice. A voice of a confirmation of something that you have prayed for. At this point, I mean, they, she, they haven't been together with the husband to say, voila, kuna evidence. What happened is she had it from the heart that the Lord had had her prayers and she went and ate. She cleaned herself up and did some makeup. Like, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. There is one thing that happens when we are praying. I believe many times when she started praying, she wanted probably to have a child so that she will present these children to the husband. Present these children to the man. But when these things changed, that she wanted to present this to the Lord, then the perception or the heart's desire changed and he said when you give this not even a girl it's not like well girls will not serve the Lord voila <laughs> but say when you give me a male child this was a specific prayer by the way people make prayers but it's never specific it's like yeah I'm looking for a job. So what are you looking for specifically? Just anything to do, you know, anything that can get me going. 
So your desire is to just get going. Just flow with the winds, whatever comes. No, some of us never looked for just flowing. If I were to choose to do other things, this was the last one. <laughs> it, it actually was not in the list. Was not in the list. I was going to do some journalism stuff so that I would feel proud of myself. Speaking to people like, ah, yeah, it's a cool. No, I would have done so many things, trust me. But these things, they would never bring any fulfillment to me. Because I would be like, yeah, so I've done this. Let me try to do this other one, this other one, this other one. So that I will feel good about myself. When probably she wanted to present children to Elkanah, it was not possible. Because these children would have turned to be something else. But when she changed her mind and said, I want this child, when you give me a male child, I will return back to you. I will not give this child back to my husband, though my husband is a channel on which this child will come, but nonetheless, I'll give this child back to you. This child will be a Nazarite. This child will serve you all the days of his life. And then when she heard these words, go in peace and the God of Israel grant your petition. That alone was enough for her. She went ahead and ate food and her face was no longer sad. Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. It's not like the Lord had forgotten about her. The Lord was not aware that she was there. The Lord granted her petition. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh man, These people love this part of the story with Hannah. That she cried out to the Lord and the Lord answered her. Do you know how long she cried? <laughs> Do you know how long she did not give up? Though it was pain that drove her to cry out like a baby... But she never gave up. Though the prayer that she offered at first might not be something would say, hey, this was right. But as she was being inflicted with this pain, she was being driven to the Lord daily. Because the man said, am I not better to you than 10 cents? She realized, ha, my husband cannot answer this prayer. She cannot give me this prayer. Let me find it through him who gives children. He who opens people's womb, that is where I'll go. And for sure, she went there and this was granted 
And so it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Now the man Elkanah and all his household went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, not until the child is weaned, then I will take him that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. <laughs> until the child is weaned, that is probably two, three years old. And then I'll take this child there and not abandoning the child, I'll take it to the Lord and he shall remain with the Lord forever. <laughs> this is a big deal. How many people have prayed specific prayers and God answered them and they did not remember what God did for them. They just took it as a normal occurrence that how people will struggle and at the end of the day, they'll get jobs. People will stay single, it seems like forever they'll get husbands. People will do this and at the end of the day, this will happen. That is our problem as human beings, that we do not remember the specific things we prayed for. As a matter of fact, when things happen, the Lord has blessed us, we continue to grumble and complain. Remember, one time you're looking for a job and the Lord granted it unto you. And right now you're looking at the economics of our country or the whole world's economy and all you're praying for is a raise. All you're praying for is kitui yongezeke. You're not thinking that at one point you didn't have it and God gave it to you. We're not thankful for what God gave to us. Because even in the little that you have, the one you call little, it is God who gave you. And the Bible says that God's blessings, they add no sorrows. They add no sorrows. So whether it's little or it's much, it does not add sorrows. Would you just find time to enjoy what God has blessed you with? Very hard for us to get around that. Until this child is wind. Then I will take him that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. In other words, she's saying, I don't want this child to get used to my presence. I want this child to get used to the presence of God. I made a vow that I will give him back to the, to the Lord. I don't want to take him now 
Because uh, they, they'll call me every other time, hey, sort your child, you know. At least when they're wind, when they can start to speak, when they can say a few words, I'm going to leave them there. When they're learning to talk, let them learn to talk to God. This is wonderful. This is amazing. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, do what seems best to you. Every other man, when you want peace in your house, listen to these words. Lord, it is you alone we desire. It is you alone we need. When we rise up in the morning, when we are alone, when we go about our businesses, it is you we need. And help us to really focus on you. Many of us are focused on the things we don't have. And it's robbing us the joy of enjoying your presence. How we pray, oh God, that you'll fill us with a spirit of wisdom that will know that the things we see in the world, the things we crave for, they're just temporal. They are to help us to accomplish some things here on earth. But they are temporal. But you are eternal. Help us to focus on you because you are eternal. Those of us who are focusing on other things, Lord, help us. Help us. The things that we need to let go, help us. The sins that we need to repent of, help us. Just help us, God. And may we find true joy and true happiness. As we give to you this morning, we know that you are the ultimate giver. You gave your only son for us. You are our example. And as we give to you this morning, may we give the much we have purpose in our hearts for the sake of your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. With her, with three bulls, one ephah of flour and a skin of wine and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slaughtered the bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here, praying to the Lord 
for this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. <laughs> have lent the child to the Lord. But first of all, remember what she said. That I am that woman. Probably Eli had forgotten. But I am that woman. You remember? The one you said was drunk. The one who was pleading with the Lord for some weight in her heart. The Lord granted that petition. And as I vowed to the Lord, I have come back to honor my vow. Come back to honor my vow. I don't know what kind of vows you guys have made to the Lord and you have not fulfilled your part. I know sometimes when we are excited, we say things. We say a lot of things. But then when it comes to fulfilling them, it's like, no, we, we, we promise our minds that we are forgotten, but we have not. We're just rebellious at heart. We don't want to honor this part to the Lord. This child was wind, and after that, the child was dedicated to the Lord. And you know what is happening when the child is being dedicated? There is food, there is bread, and there is wine. You guys know what happens with bread and wine. Communion before the presence of God. Communing with God. Say, hey, you have said, remember me. And I have come today to remember you and to honor the vows that I made to you. This is why we dedicate children to God. And this child was left there. And then we'll get to these prayers and excitement from Hannah. It's like, well, I'm grateful to God that this has happened. I'm thankful that I have a child. But then I made a vow to God that when he comes, a male child, I am going to lend him to the Lord. The Lord has blessed you. That's for sure I know. There are many things you prayed for but all we ever want is something better after we have received what we prayed for. Instead of honoring the Lord after he's answered your prayer, what we are looking for is something better. Something more. More and more and more and more. I wish we were or we would have the attitude 
of this woman when she approached the Lord and made a vow before him. Say, God, if you bring me, you give me a male child, what I will do, because you would have granted my petition, I'll also do something in part. I'll give this child to you. And we shall continue to see how the Lord worked in the life of this young man or this child, Samuel. Be excited. Don't feel so bad when things are not happening within your time because God's time is always the best. He's never early. He's never late. He comes to the opportune time and he does what is best for you, not just what you want. What you want might think, or you might think it's the best, but what he wants for you is the ultimate best. Amen? Just pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for granting us a time to learn from your word, even as we are learning from Hannah, a woman who was heavy at heart because she was mocked heavily. But then she made a vow to you. And when the vow was fulfilled, she also honored her part and said, this child would be a Nazarite. This child would be given to the Lord, to the service of the kingdom. As we continue to go through this book, we ask that, Lord, you would uh, open our minds to see the things that are in the Bible, are in your word, the things that we ought to do and follow up, that will live as people who are really called by your name. So help us, Lord, as we disperse, we ask for your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and thank you for showing up. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. We hope that you've been inspired and blessed. For more teachings and other resources, visit our website at ccelderet.org or call us at 0718-012-496. That is 0718-012-496. See you next time.